beer? Do you want to learn how to make your own beer? It's time for Just Brew It, brought to you by Niagara Tradition Homebrew. Here's your host, Jeremy White and Bert Deister. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to a very special edition of Niagara Tradition's uh, Just Brew It. I'm Jeremy White with Bert Deister, who's here, as is usually the case. Good morning. I'll let you set things up, what we're doing, and uh, what makes today and next week, actually, we're going to do a two-parter uh, different. So what's going on today? We are uh, not in our usual situation. There's no, lot, there's, no. There Normally, I'm not pouring out four times seven different rounds of beer at the start of every program here, but I am today. And so what we're doing is we're doing the best of show round for the Niagara Homegrown Homebrew Competition. Um, and so... We had 18 total entries. We had judges last night um, kind of take the beers, and they were supposed to whittle them down to six. They gave us seven, um, and we are beginning to um, kind of judge them now, and so we're pouring them out. Uh, let me kind of do some introductions here. We have uh, Tim Herzog. Um, from Flying Bison and Brewing Company, also one of the founding members of the Sultans of Swig. Um, and Tim, you are a national judge? Okay, I'm well. a point off your dad. Oh, oh. <laughs> and I believe then, he's a professional brewer, though. That, that makes a big difference. And, th and then we also have, chiming in there, uh, Tim uh, Collins, who is a grandmaster judge uh, and from the Niagara Association of Home Brewers. Um, yeah, so kudos there but yeah no, so we we've willed them down to seven we're pouring them out now and we're gonna start drinking them and judging them and, and kind of talk you through the process as we go all right and i've got multiple sheets in front of me the beer score sheet it's interesting to get a look at yeah. um you know all the things this is a score sheet is this a official one that's the, an official the, official score sheet and it, you can see it kind of breaks down the beer. So the first thing you'll notice is down the left-hand side of the score sheet, there is a lot of kind of off flavors and check boxes for the um, judges. And these are terms that I hear, hear you use all the time, and I wonder, like, I, you know, to, I, I probably want to keep this because the off flavor that I see on here, I could then kind of, like, reverse track it and say, you that's, got it. You, know, you got it, you got it. And what, so that was the what was the smell, what caused it, yeah. track it down, and take it out of your next recipe. Is this score sheet available to anyone that just wanted to print one out? Like it, sure. They're BJ available online, bjcp.org. I would yep. recommend anybody do it because if you're ever going to enter a competition, you know, we had entries for this, obviously, if you've never done it before, I think uh, you know, getting a look at exactly how it's broken down and all of these off flavors and things like that to be so clearly identified could uh, Definitely be a help. If a person comes into you and says, mm -hmm. hey, um, it tastes estery, here, you could probably help them with that if it wasn't supposed to. Yeah. So what we started with the preliminary round is we had two panels of judges, and each sat down with um, nine beers. And what they did that day is they first – now, what we're doing today is we're ranking them. So we're going to try to put these – beers in an order of one to eight to determine who's first. Those judges the other night, what they did is they scored them. So they really went down those sheets and they broke them down mm -hmm. and they looked at the different entries and they broke them down by 
you know, compared to flight. So we had, I think, the first flight in Group A was three American Blondales. So they put them down next to each other. They judged them independently, and then they judged them against each other. Um, so what we kind of have now is we have the best beers left. And what these guys are going to do today is kind of kind of pick through and kind of really determine which one has uh, examples that set it out and are exemplary. We already know all these beers don't have flaws. They're all good beers. But now we have to try to break them down a little bit more because mm-hmm. they're going to be yeah. only one winner. We'll, we'll really be splitting hairs on this where yeah. something that we're talking about is, is you know, this shouldn't be there. This It's not a big flaw. Commercial breweries could have these flavors, but we're really getting to the fine point of it. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to categories versus best in show, can you not be the best in your category but be best in show? Does that ever happen? Like maybe one beer is more true to what you're looking for or in this other beer kind of, I don't know, it, it just dances between two categories. Does that ever happen? The, the, the way usually it works is that, that we're trusting our judges to put the best beer from that category to the best of show table. So in order to win, you've got to get there. So you better be the best one in the you category. Got, you got to win your division to go to the playoffs, basically. Is exactly. What you're saying. Yeah, there's there's times when up the judges will get together after the the round is over and the score sheets are filed and um, and say, wow, there were there was a beer that was a really good beer, but it just wasn't true to that style. So you've you've got to kind of dock at some points. Yeah, might be a great beer, one you'd love to have in your fridge, but it's just not exactly that pilsner or that pale ale style. So, uh, yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. So you might actually enjoy it more, but you do have to be adhering right. to the guidelines. Right. So the, the gu- do you have the guidelines in front of you? Uh, I do yeah. not. Oh, Bert. Yeah, Bert's got them. Okay. It's encyclopedic looking. <laughs> um, and that's what the judges go by. So we're all very familiar with those, and there's the 28 categories, and they're broken out subcategories. So stout is dry stout, oatmeal stout, and so on and so on and so on. So it might be a great beer, but it might not be a really classic Irish stout. So it's it's not going to win the day points-wise. Gotcha. All right, so I'm seeing we've got uh, categories and subcategories, Bert. So when you're laying out all these beers, um, how how are these ultimately arrived upon? Well, we... Uh when we sat down, I mean, obviously, like we talked about, there, you know, we had three American Blondales. You're going to only end up with one in the long run. Um, and what we did with these beers is we kind of took the, the two flights, um, and then we looked at all their scores like they were um, one. Um, and the reason we did that is in case some of the flights by category ended up with better beer than the other. And we kind of had some talk between judges cross panels to kind of make sure that we were putting off uh, or putting forward the best beers. And now all these things to two, I think, is remember, these are all done blind. So while I'm pouring out these beers here and we have seven of them lined of us, we each have a kind of a placemat. Um, now all that's on the beer bottle is an entry number and a style and that's it and that's all we have on our placemat so each of the judges does not know who brewed the beer how how they brewed the beer or what potentially you know 
uh, went into it. Now, this is kind of the job of the steward to kind of be that bridge. And so I'm kind of acting as steward right now. So I have in a closed folder beneath me here, I have corresponding names and uh, entry information uh, for these different beers. Um, but I also have um, the people's names. Now, I that kind of absolves me from judging because I know within a small best of show like this, which each beer you know, who brewed it, um, kind of know some, we'll say, uh, intricacies of some of the recipes because I've talked to the brewers, so I'm absolved. But these guys are completely blind. And so they're sitting down, seven beers on a labeled placemat, and trying to, at first, I'm sure, and if you guys want to elaborate, you're probably not looking for the best notes. You're probably looking for, for ones that you can immediately knock off. Exactly. The, the easiest way to start it off is to, to get rid of beers that uh, are near the bottom of the set. And, and then you wind up with two or three beers in a steel cage match when you're done. You got it. And so exactly. we can kind of start talking about the different styles that we have here. Um, we have a American Pale Ale. We have an American IPA. A strong Belgian ale in the form of a Belgian blonde, a dark European lager or Schwarzbier. We have a pale bitter European beer and a German pills. And then we have a Czech lager and a Czech premium pale lager. And then finally a strong Belgian ale, Saison. So we kind of have quite the gambit of beers. And it can make it a little... <laughs> Tough because you're comparing apples to oranges. It's yeah. not a, it's not a uh, easy, easy job. Let me ask you guys as judges: Is it tougher to judge cross category like this? Yes. In category, you can pretty much tell. Yeah, because you're, you're you've got one set of guidelines. Everybody's walking the same road. Where on here, you've got to adjust your palate and your brain and your memory of the 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 regs. Um, is this the best example of this style? Is is this American Blonde the best version? Um, and and that's kind of a nebulous category. So you're you're in between kind of German Kolsch, American Golden Ale. It, there's there's a lot of beers this could be. Yeah. Uh, where you get to something like uh, Czech Pills, it it better be dead on um, to be appropriate for style. It's 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 kind of difficult in some ways that uh, there's so many different beer styles now that are very similar. So you're saying, well, is this a better key lime than this is a, you know, a average bar lime, or it, is it a better Meyer lemon? And so you're trying to compare some very subtle details. Gotcha. So what? Where do we go from here? Like, what's? We've got seven beers in front of us. I mean, you guys have been sipping. You've been, you know, just just kind of. Is this? We're, we're warm-ups before the football game. Are the kickers and punters out there just kind of getting used to the feel of the football? I mean, No, I think oh, the, the teams are feeling themselves Okay, out. okay. We're, so we're a little is, beyond this. This is first quarter. We're, we're trying to see who can run, who can pass. Gotcha. Yeah, everybody's had a possession at this point. Or, well, at least these guys have had a possession with Sunny, <laughs> but I was talking too much, so I'm kind of catching the possessions, up Possessions, you mean we're drinking beer? Oh, yes. Okay, good. But, um... No, you're, you're kind of looking down the rank and file. And this is where, if, if, if I can kind of break down how I went here. So even though we had them written down just by entry number in this flight, I kind of went to immediately the American Blonde, and then I kind of went to the German and the Bohemian Pilsners. Uh, now I'm probably going to go back to the Belgian Blonde Ale, and I'm going to kind of, at that point, 
move on to the next ones, which would probably be Swartz Bear, IPA, and Saison. And the reason you do that is you don't want to burn out your taste buds. But the one hard thing about doing a best of show, which you don't get in preliminary rounds, is you got to go back. So you go back and forth, and it can kind of be tough to kind of pick out those same notes that you maybe just wrote down on your placemat a minute ago after you have judged the IPA. So if you think, oh, maybe one of these Pilsners or Saison is a little high on the bittering value, you kind of want to get in a feel for that before you go over to your big American IPA. Okay. So somebody lead us I, off. I, a, a I, thought I, think, or? I think the first thing we're trying to do is, is we're probably going to kick out a couple of beers. Um, I was actually trying to figure out from the caps that are on here, from color, whose beers they were. Um, but there all seem to be uh, caps that we can find everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's nothing distinctive. No, nope. um, all the bottles there. So, so we're going to have to go to the aroma and the flavor of a particular yeah. beer that we're we going to sound cruel and harsh at some point here. We're really not bad people, unless you talk to our wives. But um, I'm, I'm going to make the first suggestion and say the American Blonde could go. Oh, I, I was going to say the same thing. Uh, I get Strangely. a hint of solvent in the nose, and yeah. even before um, I put it in my mouth, and again, it's a good beer. Um, I'd be happy to have a glass of this, but compared to some of the other things on the table, it, it it's not as dead on. Yeah, yeah. The, the 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 thing thing you're looking for in American Blonde is you're actually looking for some some substantial malt in there, and and probably a typical American flavored hop. And, and the hops come from different parts of the world. They have different flavor characteristics. And, and this one seems to taste a little bit more like uh, actually a Belgian beer. If you taste it, you may taste a little bit of spiciness in there that's not really typical to an American blonde. Yeah. There'd be a, this is a little yeast forward where it should be a little cleaner, maybe a little bit drier, and show a hint of citrus or... Um, floral, maybe, um, and I'm I'm not getting a little bit of light apple. Yeah, and again, and, uh, yeast yeast notes rather than there should be not it shouldn't whack you in the head, but there should be where you can say reminds me a little of Cascades or reminds me a little of Centennial or the varieties of hops. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I'm, I'm not quite getting that one. And you use the term solvent. Yeah, a little hint of of um, chemical nose, which would tell me that. I think it was probably a little bit of a warm fermentation, and that would bring the yeast notes up. And solvent is something that you can get from any yeast fermentation, but if it's a little too warm, that note is too noticeable. Hmm. This is this is the the American blonde is the typical uh, brew pub uh, blonde ale, so it's it's not actually supposed to be something that's got a lot of alcohol to it, which is where a lot of the solvent notes come from. Uh, it's supposed to be something to compete with the traditional lagers that we had to drink for 60 or 70 years. Burton, anything to add? No, no, that that sounds good. I'm marking it down. So we got, looks like the, the American Blonde is knocked out. I mean, it's a good beer. I would agree with everything that these guys said, partially because they are certified and know a lot more than me. <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, no, that's, so the first one out is the American Blonde. Okay. Okay. Gets tougher from here and, yes. and tougher with each and every, I would you imagine, each and every elimination. With every beer, and, and sometimes you end up in a competition where, where you can run through 10 of them really quick. Uh, some competitions, this one, it seems to me like the brewing, uh, you know, 
the uh, prowess of the people who entered was pretty high. Okay. <laughs> and it, it was yeah, there's some really dead on stuff here that's going to get tougher. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of being, I think, an all grain brewing competition mm-hmm. because we limited the uh, the base grain to only Niagara malt this year. Um, it attracted more experienced brewers, mm-hmm. I think, to the competition. And I think that really showed in the uh, the preliminary rounds. And to give you an average score, I would say, you know, really a uh, if you're in the 20s, you made a good beer. Meaning you should be happy that you've done that. If you're in the 30s, you have a really great beer. And maybe it's going to move on to another show. Up into the 40s, and now or up to a 40, and you really have an exemplary beer. Um, all of these beers scored in the mid-30s or higher, and there were very few beers that scored in the 20s in this competition. So there was a very narrow range, but that said, when we were in the preliminary round, it was easy. Now, that said, we, we sent one more beer than we were supposed to onto the final round, but the beers that stood out really stood out. We'll try and suffer through that extra beer. It's okay. Yeah. Let's take a quick break, come back and uh, knock somebody else out. I, I mean, I'll give you a quick break to really think about who's out next. Uh, it's Niagara Traditions, Just Brew It on ESPN 1520, the uh, the final judging of the uh, Niagara Homegrown Homebrew Competition. Uh, back on the other side here on ESPN 1520 in just a moment. Jeremy White here for Niagara Tradition Home Brewing Supplies. You're listening to Just Brew It, which means either you homebrew or you're thinking about it. Wherever you are in the process, Niagara Tradition Homebrew is your source for everything homebrewing. Do what I did. Get a starter kit, and you'll be well on your way. Niagara Tradition will be there to answer your questions, give you advice, and as I try to become a more seasoned brewer, I know I can count on Niagara Tradition to be there with the supplies and the advice I need. Niagara Tradition Home Brewing Supply. 1296 Sheridan Drive, near Military, in Tonawanda. Open Monday through Friday, 11 to 7, Saturdays, 10 to 4, and 24-7 at nthomebrew.com. Niagara Tradition Homebrew. Pay them a visit, and remember to just brew it. Welcome back to a uh, special edition of Niagara Tradition's Just Brew It, the... uh, the, the best in show, the judging of the Niagara Homegrown Homebrew Competition. Jeremy White with Bert Deister. Also, I didn't get your titles. I, Grandmaster was in there. Tim Collins, Grandmaster. Uh, BJCP judge. Okay. And Tim Herzog of uh, Flying Bison. And just below. Cer- certified National Cert- Beer Judge. Okay. They're very good. We're down to the final six. Uh, we have knocked out, again, all good beers, as Bert pointed out with great scores. The uh, the American Bl- the, the Blonde Ale. Gone. So an American IPA, a strong Belgian ale, a uh, dark European lager, a pale bitter European, the, the German pills, a uh, Czech lager, and a strong Belgian saison. So I guess someone else time, has to go. It's time. Time to time to take one else out. I, I'm I'm thinking the saison needs to go. It's uh, oddly enough, I'm with you. Oh, okay, <laughs> good. This ain't gonna happen for the rest of the time. Uh, the the. The beer is supposed to be, uh, it shows a lot of good character. It's got a nice alcohol to it. It's got some citrus, but the hop in here is really pretty herbal, uh, and that's really not quite in character with uh, with a traditional Saison. And uh, got just in the background, there's a little touch of a vegetal character, which I think is something lingering from the, the herbal hop. Yeah, but otherwise pretty good example. Really mm-hmm. great flavor. I, I like Belgians. I think there's something 
I've grown to. I like them at the warmer end of the fermentation. I used to like spicy, clovey Belgian beers. Now I've kind of started to grow into the the fruity, and you get a little nice, you know, juicy fruit and a little bit of banana ester in there. Um, and it's also, I would say, quite warm. Um, I wouldn't say it's, uh, you know, a lot of times when you say a beer is high alcohol, you can say it's, you know, solventy or there's some error. Um, this one is, I would say, not poorly fermented, but is a boozer. That's um, exactly hot, you're, hot you're, boozy. You're guessing yeah. it's probably within, you know, style, but maybe. Probably on the high end. Well, yeah. you know, if you look at the style guide that, uh, you know, Jeremy's got over there next to him, it's going to say that you can have a Saison that's strong. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't say it was strong. So you can be boozy when it's a strong one. You can get about uh, 9.5%. So, But this is, this is kind this of is, showing it. It's showing which, it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's showing its alcohol, which is not a bad thing. Not, it's nothing really wrong with the beer. But when you're getting to it's got to be perfect for style, that takes it away from perfection. So I'll, I, I'll, I'll say agree. plenty of nice things. I mean, you guys. I mean, I know you're. I would say to whoever made this, it's a tasty beer. I mean, not yeah. that you're not saying mm-hmm. that. It's oh yeah, definitely a good beer. Oh, it's good beer. I'll, yeah. I'll share a bottle with you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but to to be you know dead nuts on for style, um, that one just takes a step off the line. All right. So five remain. Five remain on your placemat here. We have the uh, American IPA, the strong Belgian ale, the dark European lager. The pale bitter European beer, and the Czech lager. Can I can I just ask thoughts before you even knock one out? Just maybe you know along the way, just because there's one that's the dark lager is is like stands out on on the placemat as being very different. So rather than just you know pick them off one by one, um, you know still go in time with what you think should be knocked out next. But if there's any other beer that you're just you keep going back to or you're you're, you're thinking about it all. Um, thinking about all of them at this point, they've all got some some really nice um, character to them, and I I would say that from here on it's going to get tougher to take these out. Again, the last two, nothing wrong with them, um, but there were little minor dings. Um, I find fewer dings in the five that are left. Yeah. I think this is where it's going to, you know, we're going to roll up the sleeves here. Yeah, I've I've uh, you know people out there and can't see. I've written down four or five words for each of these beers, and that's that's my initial impression on each of them. And and these beers are actually changing a little bit as we sit here, so uh, we keep taking a sip and and seeing if we we have picked up something that that isn't quite as good or something that uh, has become better. Mm-hmm. So. How long does the process usually take to, to for judges to sit down and go through this? As long as it takes? Yep. It takes I, what it takes. It I, can, I have seen whole competition ceremonies held up because yeah. of best-of-show rounds going. And it's not looking pretty at the yeah. other end. Um, there's arguing that goes yeah. on. There's, you know, uh, you know, a push you know, on certain beers. So, you know, maybe two judges are really pushing to say, you know, I don't know what, you're not tasting what I taste in this beer and you need to do that. And they might be saying, no, it's time to eliminate it. And, you know, there, if there are a little bit of, you know, both will say uh, ego and a little bit of, uh, you know, temper. Yeah. 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 And, and the, the one part about judging that doesn't often get brought up, but it's always the 800 pound gorilla in the room is the human factor. Um, your palate is sensitive to different compounds than mine, and mine is sensitive to different compounds than yours. It doesn't mean you're blind to it or I'm blind to it. It just means that your experience, your your taste experience, your beer tasting experience, there are certain things that 
jump out at you more than they do me. So that that's part of the gig. I, I seem to recall you asked how long it takes. There was uh, uh, one year we, we argued over two beers to take best of show for over 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Some, some guy named Herzog <laughs> was on one side and, and somebody else was on the other side. Yeah, that's um, why they don't invite that guy anymore. <laughs> um, but, but we came down to, in the end, somebody said, I don't think this one's made with 100% German malt. Well, it's kind of hard to taste the exact difference between malts, that this one was grown in that country and this one was grown in this country. Um, and that's actually how we ended up deciding hmm. which one won. Yeah. We said if it was all German malts, it wins. If it wasn't, we kick it. So then you, at that point, you would go and look and find out? Like That's where they, they, they can go to the steward um, and they look out. So some of the things that I did in preliminary – uh, round is there was a beer, especially beer that had mint in it. So all I warned the judges, not kind of things that usually ends up on the bottle labels, but as you presented the beer, you warned this one has mint in it. You might want to hold it off. You know, you kind of noted that in. Um, they might also ask me questions, and the new BJCP forms really have some great kind of fill in the blanks where they ask me, like, oh, is there anything about how much hops or, you know, what yeast was used in this beer? Was it, you know, was it Belgian or was it like a, you know, like a, you know, uh, European ale yeast? Um, can you, you know, tell what they're like, what they were looking for as far as a starting gravity or something like that. Um, and so those are really kind of, uh, keys to the judges that can kind of say, I'm already thinking something about this beer here, but this, you want to let that nails at home for me. That confirms it. Well, one thing that is sensitive to time is radio. So I think we go from five to four before we go into show number two and bring our final, bring our final four into, uh, part two of this. Someone's got to yeah, go. Yeah, I, I think my suggestion is going to be the check pills, you know, check pale. Um, it, it has all the right flavors, all the right aroma. I just don't think it has enough of any of them. I, I would resist that because it has that balance. It has soft floral. It's got tiny champagne bubble head. It's you know, really well made. Um, let me make an alternate suggestion, American IPA. Hmm. Okay. Let me think about that. So this is tough. And we what, talk uh, what, what, what reason do you have for, for this? Um, <laughs> kind of perfumey, piney nose. Um, the, the citrus goes to grapefruit rind, like white pith of grapefruit, really quick. Um, it's, it's hazy. It's a little yeasty. Um, that again, these are not inappropriate things, but I think it takes it to the harder edges of the style. Okay, I it, it, I, I really like the piney character in this beer. Mm-hmm. That's actually the best part about that beer. Um, it has a light alcohol that you can taste. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think the they're going for session here. They've they've got a background uh, citrus in there behind the pine. I think all of those are good, but but I do agree it is on the rough edge. Mm-hmm. Okay. It does not have a typical uh, American citrusy hop character that's a little little lighter, brighter type of character. And actually, that was my next one out. So, okay. so we're going to go with that one we'll right now. We'll go with now. that one. The American, American IPA is out. 
It is tasty. It's it very, is tasty. It is, really I really like on a, it. On a hot day, that's a good front porch yeah, beer. Absolutely. All right, well, we've got to get away. Part two back next week. Uh, so tune in for that. We're down to our final four. Niagara Traditions, Just Brew It. Uh, we've got some more beer to drink, and we've got a best in show to announce. So be sure to join us for part two next Saturday. Go brew yourself. Beer, 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 beer. You've been listening to Just Brew It, brought to you by Niagara Tradition Home Brew. Whether you're a seasoned brewer or just want to get started, visit them at 1296 Sheridan Drive in Tonawanda or online at nthomebrew.com. And be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Just Brew It.